0: Hey, I'm Jeffrey Masters, and today on LGBTQ&A, we've got Aaron Carter. You know Aaron from songs like I Want Candy and Aaron's Party. We talk about his new music coming out, as well as, as he describes it, the tough year he just had, and then what it's been like to be this newly out and public bisexual person. So many celebrities come out when they're totally comfortable and they know all the lingo, they know all the talking points, they know how not to anger Glad. And I think it's super compelling to hear Aaron talk about where he's at in terms of understanding his own sexuality and then doing that in front of the public eye. All right, without further ado, here's Aaron. Congrats on the new music. Thank you. So you just release the new song, Don't Say Goodbye? hmm I know it's a song about a relationship with another person, but it's I think it's a really nice message to your fans, too. To, like, hey, don't say goodbye. You're still making music.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, there is kind of mul- uh, multiple meanings in there. You know, Don't Say Goodbye was written about, you know, um, somebody I was with in the past, and uh, I actually... Recorded it here, oh really?
0: <laughs> yeah. what were the other meanings? What were the other you said meanings yeah, the
1: other meanings were just not wanting to be you know in the relationship that I was in and not all not feeling like I was being treated fair, you know normal relationship problems that people can go through, but I really think that people can take this song and you know play it for their girlfriends or boyfriends, you know I've already had messages from people like. Oh my God, you know, I played this song for my, for my girlfriend and, you know, it fixed our relationship. And I was like, what? Wow. Uh, do, you, do you think uh, about your fans when you're writing music? Like you haven't recorded an album for 15 always, years. Always.
0: Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you worry that they might not be there? If, like, 15 years is a long gap in music.
1: Yeah, it totally is. But um, almost 100 million streams on Spotify tell a different story. That's wild. Yeah. Did you worry before you released it that they might not be there? Um, with Sooner or Later, I did. And, you know, I, that song, like, did a great job. It, I performed it everywhere. I was performing at festivals and, you know, in front of 30 40,000 people. Like, wow. Yeah. It, I mean, it's really amazing that your
0: fans are still there, to be honest. Like, they're crazy loyal.
1: Yeah, they are. They I, are very loyal, and I love them very much. It's like... Anytime there's a contest or some, some some sort of you know dumb thing on Twitter, like I, my fans are there.
0: I mean, I interview people all the time, and when I said I'm interviewing Aaron Carter, people just kind of were, like, gobsmacked. Why? What does that mean? Because they're so excited. Oh, really? Yeah. And, like, again, like, after you having a 15-year gap, it's like, wow, they're still there.
1: Yeah. I mean, the 15-year gap definitely was a struggle, you know, and I've learned a lot, and I've gone through a lot of life, but music literally has been involved for the last, like, 12 years I've been focusing on being a producer and a writer, so... You know, I had a great team of, uh, of people, uh, co-producer and ri- other co-writers with me that made this whole project come together.
0: And so are you writing the new album?
1: Yeah. I mean, well, the album's done. Oh, wow. Wrote, yeah. I guess. The album's done. Yeah. So I'm, but I will be recording another song in the, in the spot you're sitting in. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually over there. I can, I can get up in a second. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when, when you're writing a song, where, where do you start? Is it a lyric, a melody, like a
1: mood you want to communicate? Oh, that's a good question. It, it all of those things. It really is. It's all of them combined, and usually, um, I'm talking about love or bad love, you know. So, I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. I, that's how I say it. Bad love. It's like it, like not good love. It does good love not inspire as
0: much like music what do you mean is it just you're saying like bad love is like that like torture what kind of like births a song versus like a nice relationship is kind of like too boring to write about
1: yeah exactly yeah no when I do songs it's like you know therapy for me so the whole writing process everything my mind just goes away and just goes right to one place gotcha thinking about your newer songs like fool's
0: gold for example it's we see you in the video uh, in bed with a woman and kissing a woman that was my ex-girlfriend your ex-girlfriend in the so, video so i guess that that is a very specific story but um are we ever going to see you uh, like writing songs or making music about guys or other genders uh you'll see oh really
1: mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's it's something that i've already thought about for the album after this one so you'll see oh so not the new one but the next one mm-hmm. possibly mm-hmm. gotcha Okay, I've already I've already thought of it. It's already been thought through.
0: Gotcha. I just um, Miley Cyrus has a new album out right now, and there's a song in there called "She's Not Him" about dating a man and a woman, and it just kind of took my breath away because I'm thinking about how many love songs are there in the world. Like, I have 2,000 years of songwriting, and I think about like the young bisexual and older bisexual people listening, and Mm -hmm. for the first time, like, hearing a relationship that they can see.
1: Right. It's kind of a, a. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I definitely, you know, embrace, you know, my bisexuality and, you know, it's still new to me. So, cause I, you know, just started talking about it really. So, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's my personal life too. You know what I mean? So. Oh, what do you mean by that? It's like, whether I choose to be, be with like a man or a woman, that's my decision.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. I guess I just think. And of- I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, when you say it's new to you, are you saying being realizing your bisexuality is new to you, or yes. being open about
1: it? Both. Oh, really? Yeah, being open about it and the fact that yeah, I mean, it's just it's just new to me.
0: So um, you, I mean, you've only been out publicly out for less than a year. Mm-hmm. Was that a slow realization to f- like realize? No, that? it was
1: actually pretty amazing because I got a lot of support from the LGBT uh, community, and it was amazing. It was kind of scary though. To be honest, because I didn't know, like how people would react to. Because I'm a very honest person, like almost too honest. <laughs> so <laughs> really, <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> Can't you tell? <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess I ask these questions. <laughs> I just, uh, I, I wonder <laughs> if, if you think that um, songs about bisexuality like will not appeal to a mainstream audience.
1: Well, I think you just definitely. Imp- like implanted an idea in my head <laughs> so well i want a credit for it <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs> i just i there's some like queer artists i love and a lot of their songs um are non-gendered pronouns and stuff and right I, um, it's, it's very obvious to me
1: well the album that i did you know that right now i love it's based on two girls that i was with you know what i mean so who knows what the future has to bring you know whether it's a relationship with with a guy then i have a problem with that and then i write a whole you know album about it <laughs> like i'll do that like so uh. so for the new album we can expect a lot of love songs or like
0: relationship songs they're all relationships all of them <laughs> yeah is there is there a t- is there a name yet for the album
1: uh it's called love the album
0: oh it is called love mm-hmm. oh, okay oh is that in the ep released last year too the ep too is called love yeah. okay so are those songs gonna be on the album they are oh great yeah Okay, cool. So the Fool's Gold,
1: like we said, will what? be on there. Yeah, what about it? Okay, no, we were talking about it earlier. Oh yeah, Fool's so that's Gold. one of them. Yeah. Oh, great. my favorite track is Almost There. I have a song called Almost There on the on, on the record, and it's my favorite. Oh really? Why is it your favorite? Um, because it was the last song that I wrote about my first ex-girlfriend. See, there's two ex-girlfriends in this album, so one that started it, another one, and then yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> I uh, I mean, I'm recording a song tonight called "Hungry for Love," like because, and I I wrote this song in rehab, and I was hungry for love, like I was. I think that's what it was. Some of the 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 things that were happening with me, and being like 115 pounds, and then uh, going to rehab, and then coming out 160, you know. It's just, it was baffling to me. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I weighed myself on the scale there, and I was like, I I can't believe this. This is amazing. And so, I don't know. I'm single, and I, you know, I look forward to what the future has to to bring when it comes to a good relationship. Sure. You know? Uh, Being
0: a queer outlet, I have to ask, at one point you said that you were not interested in dating a guy. Do you still feel like
1: that? No, no. I don't feel like that. What changed? Um, my crazy mind. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. I'm just still confused about it. I don't know. Confused about bisexuality? Bisexuality. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I did have a, a, a relationship with Blake. Oh, uh, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> um, when I was younger. And um, I don't know. I'm single right now, so I don't know. So so if you I don't know what's gonna come my way, like what you... that's exciting though, right? Yeah, it is exciting.
0: I mean, you're uh, looking at you. I mean, you said you have gained so much weight recently, and like in a healthy way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and like you turned thirty, like it seemed like was turning thirty like a switching point for you. Like you seem Obs- to be in a very good place.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, um. <laughs> It definitely was. I'm, I've am i been looking forward to 30 for a long time, actually. And just switching my life, you know, those gears that we all have to switch in our life. Okay, so we, we start off as an adolescent teenager, a little kid, adolescent teenager. We go to be like a, an adult, kind of confused. And then, you know, through our 20s, and I made it through my 20s. So, you know, I'm 30, and I would have to definitely say that, you know, it's it's something that makes me want to be more mature and like more responsible with my, my life. So, I made it. Like, I did a lot of things this year that like, that like, were crazy. Like, I did my, um, all my, my blood tests on TV. You know? And, showed everybody and did the, and like, just very like, I'm very open and very honest and, so that's why I did that show, and also I hadn't been tested in a long time. So now, like, what I say to people out there is, go get tested, <laughs> because I did it. You know what I mean? And it was the scariest thing in my life, ten years. You know what I mean? So getting getting tested for what? For everything. Oh, everything. STDs, I mean, all all kinds of stuff. So that's why I did it on the the show, the doctors. Oh, right.
0: I yeah. saw those clips. Did you see the clips?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So,
0: are you? I have a reason for asking this. Are you? Do you go to like predominantly queer spaces, like gay bars or anything like that?
1: Uh, I go to lots of yeah. I, uh, go to, I go to lots of bars and stuff like that. Okay. And, well, in Florida, I did. So. All okay. right. Yeah. And then I, I perform at Pride as much as I can, any at like Boys Town in in Chicago. So. Oh, awesome. Market days, stuff like that.
0: Okay, I I I asked because. Getting tested is such a part of like that world, and it's so talked about and spoken, and it's so almost redundant. So I guess part of me, I've been out for years, though. You know, mm-hmm. um, I guess part of me is a little bit surprised hearing you. Um, I feel like you're having to learn these things now. I and am. It's like, like it's like exciting to see.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely have to learn these things now. Um, you know, I, I love my mother. Like my, my father passed away about six months ago, so. Right, you know, and right when I turned 18, that's when I started having to learn everything on my own, how my parents did it because they were my managers. So, I mean, that's why I mean, I, I have Phil LaBelle. He was my publicist for when I was nine to like 17. So and now he's back. I have my team back. So that's cool, too.
0: My mind kind of has a hard time comprehending the fact that you were doing this and had a publicist at the age of nine. <laughs> you know, most people are like teens and preteens, even. Like we, I mentioned, Miley Cyrus, she was a teenager when she was this child star, but you were under the age of ten. Yeah. You know, singing with a band, singing, uh, dancing with backup dancers, doing big stages, and um, that's some, some like <laughs> prodigy level shit. You know. <laughs>
1: you just said shit
0: I did it's the internet <laughs> um, so like I, I'm thinking about myself as nine and I was still like hiding Barbies and like faking like playing with like sports cars like on the floor <laughs> like not progressing at oh. the chairs and you were like doing dance routines
1: yeah nonstop. Um, did you working in uh, nonstop like
0: <laughs> right So but like, I loved it so your perspective was only that did you realize how massive a deal that was at that time no
1: really absolutely not
0: When did you realize? All it
1: was, what uh, what it was to me at that age was like Beanie Babies, you know, from my fans. (laughs) Um, Like, I don't know, performing on stage, doing dance routines, uh, being kind of like scared, not ever looking at any fans. (laughs) Like, and then, I don't know, getting comfortable with it. I don't know. It was, it was, it was a crazy time at nine and then starting to transition and then, my, then I cut my hair and, and then I do Aaron's Party and that was like one of my biggest albums so
0: yeah did, did, do you, as a former as a former child star do you have to
1: now prove something to the industry that you're like, you're like quote unquote legitimate artist well of course that's why I produce my music that's why I write it uh, and you know I have a team with me but there's something like very very like important to prove here and that's like, I want to just be known as being one of the best musicians, and the best like composers and artists. So it's gonna take time, but that's that's my goal. Yeah,
0: I, I think of it as something like slightly like incongruous too. That you were like we said like nine o'clock, nine not o'clock. <laughs> you were nine years old playing these massive stages, um, proving yourself to the world, and yet now here you are an adult, and you have to prove against that
1: Mm -hmm. prove against what
0: Um, prove that you are something like legitimate for lack of a better word Mm -hmm. not just a child star even though it's wildly impressive what you did as a child
1: yeah well you know what's crazy is that like I come back after so many years of, of not doing anything but I was studying music so I come back out and then I released Fool's Gold independently on my own through Rackus Records, my record label. And then it made the top 50 Sp- Spotify viral charts. And then that's when Steve Zap noticed me. And then he signed me and took me to Sony. Wow. So like, I put all my heart and all my, my money into the project. So, wait, wait, did you produce it independently because you had to? Uh, I produced it independently because that's what I wanted to do, because oh. I make beats. Okay. i produce tracks and so i did it and then it was sent to lindgren and then you know my co-producer and then we boom wow
0: record is there a release date for the record
1: um february sometime early, early. in the year yeah
0: we we're talking about uh queer shit before i'm gonna say shit again
1: You <laughs> <laughs> said shit
0: um and i was and like the questions that uh you, or the things you're learning, like, get tested. Even though that's not a, a queer experience, I think everybody should. Yeah. Um, but do you have, like, a mentor or somebody in the LGBTQ community that you, like, ask these questions to? Ask which one? Um, I'm thinking about, like, talking points. As, like, a bisexual person, you kind of are, uh, as a out-visible bisexual person, there's a part of you that kind of has to be a spokesperson for the bisexual community by default.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah, well, I mean, and I'm totally into that <laughs> yeah I, I love it like like I said you know I'm a person I have my like confusions and and you know I'm still learning about the community but I mean I've I've spent a lot of time and you know um I don't know I just you know is, maybe, there, is maybe there like someone's gonna come my way oh
0: there's not anybody yet
1: uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> there there was kind
0: of but not anymore gotcha I think just as you said this has been a very hard year for you and you were in rehab and now you're out. I think just like in general, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. Yeah, definitely. I'm just working, staying positive, released the single. So keep keeps me working. Thank you for doing this.
0: My pleasure. And that's our show. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that this summer I'm going to be doing AIDS Life Cycle. AIDS Life Cycle is a six-day bike ride from San Francisco to Los Angeles to raise money for the life-saving services that the San Francisco AIDS Foundation and LA LGBT Center provides. If you want to or are able to contribute, I would absolutely love that. Every little bit counts. There are links in all of my social profiles, the show notes here, and a direct link is to fighthiv.org/go-to/jeffmasters1. Jeff Masters one is also my Twitter and Instagram handles if you want to connect there. And if you're still listening, that means you're a real fan and real fans leave iTunes reviews. If you'd be so kind to rank us five stars and leave a comment on iTunes, it's really a massive help. Special thanks to After Buzz TV, the Elon University in Los Angeles studio, Jason McMurdy, and everyone for listening. Sign up for the lgbtq in a newsletter at lgbtqpodcast.com to stay up to date on all new episodes and live shows. And we'll see you next week. Bye.